You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Welcome to Everyday Motherhood, the podcast that inspires you to pause, connect, and play more every single day. The podcast that's focused on you, the mom, to help you fill up your cup and rediscover the joy and love in your everyday life. We can't parent alone, and parenting is too serious to be serious all the time. Thanks for being here. My name is Christy Thomas. I am the founder and developer of PlayForLifeMoms.com. Let's jump in. Okay, welcome back to Kirk Martin. He is a favorite guest on the Everyday Motherhood podcast, and he is here from CelebrateCalm.com to talk about, chat with me, about assertiveness in motherhood. So welcome back, Kirk. Christy, it's awesome to be back. Yay! I love it here. Uh, we, yes. you are a top ranking podcast episode. So I'm glad that you're back. <laughs> so let's talk oh, good. about well, assertiveness. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, right? Yes. What does it mean to be assertive to you? So, uh, you know, what? I came up with this kind of cool definition, or at least it was to me. Obviously, when you come up with your own thing, you always think it's awesome. But I was trying to differentiate, and I thought being bossy is telling other people what they should do. Being assertive is telling other people what you want or what you want to do, right? So you're not trying to control other people. You're speaking up for yourself. It's actually kind of a form, in our words, it would be a form of self-respect. Like I respect myself enough and I respect you enough to tell you exactly what I need because I don't expect you to be a mind reader. And I have enough confidence. I have the self-respect to say, my needs are important. And so I'm going to let you know what my needs are so that I don't become resentful, so that I don't expect you, husband, <laughs> to read my mind, yep. right? And figure out like, what was I thinking? So it's a... Uh, to me, it's kind of an outgrowth of confidence in many ways, right? Like, it's not selfishness at all. It's just knowing I know what I really need right now. You don't know. Nobody else knows. I know what I need in this moment. And the most thoughtful thing I can do for people I care about and for myself is to just let you know this is what I need. And then you can decide. Yeah. Okay. So this is, I think, a really big challenge for a lot of moms. I know that I've struggled with this. Your definition makes it sound simple and easy, but I know in life the things that sound easy aren't always easy to do. No, it's really hard to do. And I have found this is one of the main things we talk to moms about um, because moms will fall into that habit of saying, Right. Like uh, after all I do for you. Right. I cook for you and I clean for you and I do all these things 
for you and you can't even do, you know, that whole trap. And what I realized was, and there's no blame or no guilt in any of this, it's a really nasty little pattern. Because, look, a couple things. One is your kids are never going to wake up and say, Mom, listen, I had a talk with my brother. We determined you do way too much for us, right? Like, yeah, who's going to say come, that? Nobody's going to say that. And, and in many ways, you're allowing people, you are allowing this to happen, right? Because we always put it like, well, nobody listens to me. But usually it's a pattern that you have in your life of where – um, probably got from childhood, may have gotten from your mother, right? Like that mm-hmm. martyr mother who yeah. did everything for everybody else and nothing for herself. And it sounds kind of selfless and virtuous, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, my needs aren't important. I just live to serve everybody else. But the, almost every time the outgrowth of that is we become exhausted, emotionally needy, and resentful. Right. Because nobody. And if you and if you think about it, in some ways, it's it's kind of a manipulative tool because I've done so much for you. You owe me. Yeah, I was going to say in the end, listening to it and thinking about it, it's really kind of passive aggressive, isn't it? Very much so. So like in our world, we'll talk about in general a lot of guys will kind of do the thing of like uh, my way or the highway approach, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm going to use fear and intimidation to get my kids to listen to me. And a lot of times moms kind of go the opposite mm-hmm. route and they kind of beg and they just do things hoping, hoping, oh, this is good. Hoping that someone will recognize <laughs> how much they have done and that day never comes. Yeah. And you, it, it's and you just never live with come. it. And then what happens is never going to come. And then 14 years into your marriage and your kids are eight and nine and 12 and whatever. Then you're like, how come nobody ever realizes all that I do? And a lot, a lot of times by then it's too late because you've got built up resentments for a decade toward your spouse and your kids. And a lot of moms start checking out that. Yeah. Right. Resentment is super so, dangerous is what. I've been realizing lately. Super dangerous because, and again, moms, no blame, no guilt. We don't do that, but just recognize that's a pattern because for many moms, it will, you know, that's why people on your PTA, people at church will ask you to be on a committee or to help out because they know you can't say no. Right. Kind of a people pleaser. And you don't want to disappoint people. When we do the live workshops, Christy, it's really interesting because we'll take a break or we'll do the workshop. And then afterwards, I'll say, hey, if you have a question, come on up. And here's the tell. Mom will come up. Oh, sorry. I don't want to take your time. Right. I don't want to waste your time. And I'll look at them now and say, Uh what you just told me is you're not worthy of having someone listen to you and help you. And you'll see their faces like, that's not what I came up here for. Like, I wanted to ask you about my strong-willed eight-year-old. And I'll be like, not about your eight-year-old. Like, why did, why did you, like, I invited you. Mm-hmm. If you have a question, come talk to me. If your first instinct was, well, I'm going to apologize because I don't want to waste your time. Well, what is it about you that makes you feel like or believe inside that you're not worthy 
of having someone listen to you, to care for you, to help you, and your first thought is to apologize, and then the whole Q&A thing goes down, and then we never talk about the child. We talk about, like, yeah. you got to do some work on yourself. And then what it comes down to is if you keep following it is your kids don't respect you because sometimes you don't respect yourself, right? Yep. Or put it in this way. This is an easier one. Kids don't respect your time, mom, because you don't even respect your own time. Because you do everything for everybody else. You, you drop everything that you're doing in order to take care of your family's needs. And what the message kind of subtly sends to your kids is, oh, my mom's things aren't important. She just lives to serve and do things for me. And so they kind of no longer respect your time, but that's partly you have control over that. Does that make sense? Totally. And this is something I'm totally working on. I mean, every the world is upside down right now, right? With the coronavirus and yes. everyone is home from school and my family homeschools, but it's still impacting everything we do, right? Like our activities right. outside of the house, there's neighborhood kids that parents need help with because they have jobs that require them. And it's just a mess. And it's really hard to make sure that I sat outside today and read a book for five whole minutes. Like, yes. And so that's one of the things we talked about homeschooling moms, all moms, a couple quick ones we talk about is demonstrating self-respect. So mom has to, here's a good one. Mm -hmm. One night this week, moms go into the living room, grab a book, not a parenting book, <laughs> Not a book on raising children or helping other people, right? <laughs> Just a trashy novel. I don't care. Something you want to read and sit on the sofa. And when they come, I'm like, Mom, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I want a snack. Say, hey, you've got two legs and two feet. You can go to the kitchen, grab yourself a snack. I would like a snack and a glass of iced tea with a little bit of whiskey in it. But I'm kidding. <laughs> But I would like a snack. And now you're demonstrating my needs are important. Everything doesn't revolve around you. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, that's kind of demonstrating my needs. And you ask them to um, serve you. Right. And I've been asking dads, dads, one night a week, come home and with the kids fix mom dinner because you're showing your kids that your mom's not your servant, right? So yeah. they start to do that. Yeah. So does that, that <laughs> and These with moms, like good ideas, especially right now where everyone's trapped inside their house for 24 hours a day. Well, here's one of my favorite homeschooling ones. And now all parents can do it. So now we're all homeschooling parents. We are. So you're not the only, yes. Yeah, so you're not the only weird one as the homeschooling parent. I know. We're so, the um, and everyone else can copy us now. Yes. <laughs> so I like to tell the kids, guys, here's the deal. Every day at 10.53 a.m., I get 12 minutes of alone time. I don't care. It's arbitrary time. Right. Every day at 2.24. I like interesting time limits because kids remember. 2.24, I get 17 minutes. During that time, I do not want to hear a peep out of you. You are not to ask me a question. You are not to bother me. You are not to, to make any noises. I am going to sit on the sofa or whatever you want to do, 
right? I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do a yoga pose. I'm just going to sit and literally do nothing. But during that 17 minutes, that is my time. And if you interrupt my time, you will rue the day that you did that. And I let them know you ruined my quiet time. Next time you're trying to sleep or you're watching a TV show, I will talk nonstop. Don't mess with me. And, and the message is, and watch, some of that tone's really important for moms. Because moms will it's do it this so way. It's so hard. I would not say it in that tone the first you time. Have to, with a strong-willed child, I want them to know I mean it. So here's the, mom, here's the sweet mom voice. Kids, it's really important that mommy gets her alone time. Blah, blah, blah. They don't care. Now, that's a strong-willed child. They don't care. Right? Anything that starts with kids... It's really important because you're trying to convince them, yep. right, that your time oh, yeah. is important. It, it's a begging statement. <laughs> yes. And so the confidence statement is, I value my time. I value my sanity. I value not murdering my children <laughs> so much that I... I think that should be know, part of the statement. Can we modify it? Like, it I don't be- want to murder you during this quarantine, social isolation, social distancing time period. I must have 17 minutes away from you to not smell you. Yes, but I wouldn't say that because then you can't be offended when they come to you and say, Mom, I need like three hours away from your (laughs) nagging voice and you don't smell that great either. (laughs) Right? So I would caution people actually. Yeah. Yes, say everything in your head. But I would caution people as they're going through this time, you're going to get on the phone or be talking to your sister-in-law or your friends and say, oh, I can't wait for the kids to go back to school. And I get it, but the kids are going to hear that. Mm -hmm. That's not an awesome thing to, right? Like my kids are so irritating. Unless you want them to say, guess what, mom? I hate school, but I'd rather be there instead of being stuck in the house with you, right? Like you'd get offended if you heard them saying that to their friends. My mom, all she does is talk, 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 lecture. Like I always put it through the filter of like, would I be heartbroken if my husband said this? (laughs) Right. Well, many of the moms listening don't really care anymore what their husbands say. Yeah, that could be well, some of look, some of that is it's twist into there for a second uh-huh. is the assertive piece, right? Yeah. So typical in the home is mom doesn't say anything and uh, wife and she expects her husband to know what she's thinking. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't work that way. Cause many of you read those, all those Nicholas Sparks books, <laughs> right? Of like, Oh, he knew exactly what she was thinking. And I'm like, those books are called fiction. Those men don't exist, right? Like your husband would know what to say if he had a script to read. So one of the biggest skills. Do you not enjoy the notebook? Do you not like those movies, Kirk? Should we not binge on those right now? The notebook was awesome. After that, it kind of went downhill. Yeah, the notebook is totally my favorite. Yeah. The notebook was great, and the rest of them got a little bit too cardboard cutouty, like perfect man kind of. But anyway, but the whole idea is you have to speak up, right? I used to do this yeah. joke at the live workshops, like if you just text your husband, you know, at work, like 
you need to get home because I need some help with the kids. All that tells a man is, oh, apparently you want me to come home and yell at the kids. Mm -hmm. But if you were to text him or call him and say, when you get home, I need 12 and a half minutes of alone time or you will see me on the evening news. (laughs) Now your husband knows I need to get those kids out of the house. So when he comes home, he can whip open the front door, grab some loose change from his car, yell treasure hunt, and throw a bunch of coins out in the front or backyard Mm -hmm. because kids love treasure hunts and get the kids out of the house. But you have to, I think it's really important for our marriages, and this is not to be all gendery specific, but it tends to hold true. We We need to respect each other enough to tell each other what we really want, right? To be able to say, this is what I need right now. And it would help me a lot if you could do that. Okay. Like as a man, I can tell you when my wife says, and this is, these are the code words that we came up with just to help me because I'm kind of a caveman okay, is. I'm taking notes. I'm about, my wife would say, I'm about to tell you something that's really important to me. Okay. I'm locked in now. Right. Because just in the everyday language, there's a lot of stuff that you say and it's like, okay, I got it, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. But I'm about to tell you something that's important to me. Okay, I'm locked in now. I'll give you eye contact. I'm not mm-hmm. looking at the computer or the TV. And then she would tell me, or will tell me, mm-hmm. I've gotten better at it now, will tell me, this is exactly what I need. And then it's up to me either to dismiss that or to say, okay, I'll do that. Or to say, hey, honey, I heard what you said. Um, tomorrow I've got this and this. Would it be okay if I did that on Wednesday? And then she can say, yes, that would be fine. But she told me what she wanted. She didn't tell me what to do. Right? right. See the difference? That is huge right you- there. Hey, guys, this is marriage counseling. You just saved yourself like a bunch of money with just this little three-minute section here. Well, tell your husbands if they actually do that, well, that they just saved them. Well, just um, presenting it in that way. Like starting it as the female in the conversation instead of beating around the bush and trying to help him pick it up. Like this is part of that assertiveness piece and it needs to show up in your marriage just as much as it needs to with your kids. Um, Probably more so in your marriage in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's where you're going to get the bigger resentments I found. Mm -hmm. And it's just a harder thing. The heart... One of the hard parts I know for a lot of women listening will be, well, I have spoken up and my husband just ignores it or dismisses it. And I'm so tired of saying anything that now I just, you know, head down, you know, plow the ground. I'm just going to go on and do things. And then when the kids go off to college, I'm out of there. Like that happens a lot. Oh, yeah. So you're going to count down to 18. Mm hmm. Yeah, the countdown to 18, but you're going to have to try it again and, and say like, and even to say like, honey, I have told you what I've needed. Um, you have not responded. Do you need me to tell you in a different way? Are you understanding it? Are, like you're going to have to have that hard conversation because if you sweep it under the rug, uh, for most guys, it's going to stay under the rug. Like they're not going to bring it up. So, and that's hard and it's intimidating Um, But that's where, to me, a lot of it comes back to the confidence issue, right? Mm -hmm. Of of when you can speak up for yourself, when you can say no to people. Like I personally, I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. I tend to be a 
uh, people pleaser by nature. Mm-hmm. And so we were just doing this speaking event up in um, Northern Virginia, near, outside DC. Yeah. So we do a morning session. And afterwards, like it's around noon, we get out of there and answer questions. And the host said, we'd like to take you to lunch. Would you like to go? And so in the olden days, when I first started, I'd be like, sure, that's really nice. But inside, I was like, I don't want to go to lunch. <laughs> like I'm tapped out emotionally. I don't want to talk to anybody. I've been talking to people for three hours, but I felt obligated mm-hmm. to go do it. What I told them was, I appreciate, appreciate your offer, but if I eat lunch with you, I'll hate you the whole time. And so I need my alone time in order to uh, speak well tonight. And invariably, people are like, appreciate the honesty, right? Yeah. Rather than being resentful for an hour and a half hating people because I feel obligated to listen to their small talk and everything else. I know that sounds kind of jerky, but... No, that's like every introvert's dilemma is is like, how do you get out of small yeah. talk? Because you only want to talk about like the really important stuff. But you also need breaks. Well, I mean, look at our, but look, look at our conversation. Like with two minutes in, we were talking about uh, uh, moms needing to break generational patterns, mm-hmm. right? Like right. you don't respect yourself. You don't respect yourself. <laughs> and that's why no one respects you. Welcome to Christie's podcast. It's filled with encouragement. Peace Not out. only do you have to worry about a deadly global virus pandemic, <laughs> you also feel your generational patterns that you've had for 37 years. And that's the reason your relationships are horrible. Okay, so that was kind of intense. He's right. We did just jump right in. But we're going to pause it here so I can break this into two episodes. And the self-care for this episode is to take... Five photos of a beautiful, ordinary mess at your house today. Just take five beautiful, ordinary photos because living is in those tiny moments. And then your play idea is the one that I posted on my Instagram feed for St. Patrick's Day is I want you to hide a like beanie baby type stuffed animal around your house. And whenever someone finds it, just move it. It's really good for this social distancing stuck at home time. It, it makes you feel like you're, you know, in my favorite grocery store, Trader Joe's. So go have fun together, moving stuffed animals and taking photos of the ordinary beautiful moments. We're all gonna wanna remember what this season was because hopefully it will all fade to a memory soon. Now I'm posting part one and part two on the same day I just wanted to keep them both short for you, under 24 minutes. So, there you go. Go listen.